This is Jonathan Newman. Ooh, I like that. That sounded good. Live the good life. Back from Carmel. Babe, how do you feel? I feel great. I mean, we're back in our garage. This is comfort zone for me. You feel good? The stickers are everywhere? The puffy paint's ready? Yeah, I got my post-its here. I'm good. I don't know about you, but my pinky, I feel like it's really, like I have some cramping going on, a little bit like post-fatigue. Oh, yeah. Because this baby was flying high. Oh, yeah. Pinky up. Every little Nespresso cup, everything. Yeah. So the yacht was sailing. Uh, Carmel was incredible. The kids were amazing. My favorite oh. memory was Micah holding the tomahawk steak bone above his head. Literally post Game of Thrones, he had a White Walker ah. above his head. It was incredible. Amazing. It was really, yeah, just a great Great place, great family time overall. All right, so I think we talked about it, and I think you're going to be our first uh, our first interviewee. Am I the first guest? I think you're going to be the first guest. Woo! Hold on, hold on. Am I looking good? Do I look sexy? You look good. Yeah. I feel good. Yeah. Okay, go on. So okay. first guest. Okay, I think I'm you ready. should really pick up your wine glass. I got it. Hold on a second. You got it? I got it. And for all of you that are listening, just shh, babe sense. You think that Mike can pick that up? These are really elegant, swirly birds. So tonight we have on tap a little bit of a thing called Napa Valley. Mm. Since I don't read anything correctly, you want to go with the title of that book? I think it's pronounced Faust. Frost or Frost? Faust. F-A-U-S-T. This is a really good one. By the way, I feel like this is important. I feel like a lot of added value with these podcasts, you hear people like, yap, 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 but you don't have anything that... This is an incredible bottle of wine, and trust me, I know wine. This is a 2000... I'm going to say... I mean, I'm sommelier now. I just got another certificate. Oh, we should add that to the... Add, add that to the list. <laughs> Bust that out. So this is an incredible 2016... I think this is their premier label. It's like 50 bucks. Okay. I think what we should no, do no, no, is but post a picture and let's move we'll on. We'll post a picture. But okay. guys, check this out before I get cut off by the producer and security comes in. <laughs> Trust me, it's a winner, winner, not for the chicken dinner. This is a steak wine. Okay, Got go it. Go okay, on. Good. Okay. First guess. So here's First I, guess. I'm I think, excited. I think we're going to go back to your origin story. Okay, okay. I'm ready. Bring it. Okay. Bring it. So the first question is going to be, how did living the good life begin for you? I think living the good life brings me back to, I'm going to say to Carmel, not just because we came from there. Okay. It was pretty awesome. Um, but I had so many fond childhood memories. Mm -hmm. I, I lived there until I was, I think, like four or five. I mean, what do you know, a four or five-year-old? But I went back there for all the Jewish holidays. My godparents lived there. Mm -hmm. And we'll get into it a little bit later, but my, the person, I won't say my, the person that influenced me probably one of the most in terms of like flavor profile. For cooking. For cooking was my godmother, right. Yael Ross. Mm -hmm. Plus a guy who I pretty much stole everything <laughs> from, literally copied his hard drive, uh -huh. was Tall Ross. Um, guy's awesome. Who you call your cousin? I call my cousin because we're godparents. The whole thing we grew right. up. I idolized him. So he was a sports guy. My brothers were like 
I would say like cool nerds, but like they were older, like tall, like sports. But they weren't into sports. They, I love sports. He loves sports. Yeah, yeah. So we weren't that uh, far apart in age. But right. I lived a good life going to Carmel as a young kid, going back. And listen, the car rides up there were brutal. Right. I mean, as a kid, five and a half hours felt like five and a half years. Oh, totally. And then I can just remember my mom driving up and she's like, never passing the Madonna in. This is very exciting. <laughs> and I was like, mom, what's the Madonna in? And she would like go into this whole history thing. I'm like, are we there yet? <laughs> so we would finally get to Carmel. And my mom was, you know, we, we'd have like the gambler on. Was that Kenny Rogers or Kenny Logan? Who the hell is that guy? I don't know. He was on Lionel Richie. Amazing. Still <laughs> love him to this day. Brainwashed. Penny Lever just walking by. That shit was pumping in the car. <laughs> uh, we get to Carmel, and there's no GPS back then, by the way. My mom oh, would no. drive up. We'd always, all of us were packed in. It was like a sardine. We get to Carmel. My mom's like, nurse, honestly, like as a parent now, I would fucking kill everyone in the car. <laughs> Honestly, oh I don't God. know how she did. We drive in, and there's no, it's you've been you've been it's there. Seventeen dark. Miles. We lived on I think it was Larkin Road, which is yeah. in Pebble. There's no signs, people, and if there are, you can barely read them. It's like flashlight when you're driving to read the signs. <laughs> my mom's screaming. My dad was a moron. Was in the car. She's like, "We're gonna get there." <laughs> and my mom's like, "God damn it, Jerry, shut up!" <laughs> and like, I'm just like, uh, can't, um. Uh, Mom, can we eat yet? I'm really hungry. Uh, Mom, uh, is this serious? I'm starving. And I think Yael is going to have some amazing food for me. And I have to go, Louis, shut up! So we finally get there. And this was my life. It was literally insanity rolling up to the house. Oh, my God. My father and my godfather played chess together. I would immediately... Pretty much Carl Lewis sprint to the kitchen and I would hang out in the kitchen and I would literally watch this woman work up her magic. Yael, in my mind, obviously if you ask other people, this is my interpretation. She was, I think she was like your Anna Garden. Like, mm, better. I think, I think, okay, here's what I, I'm gonna, this is a side tangent. I'm not going to go too long. Anna Garden to me is incredible. Okay, she's amazing. She's amazing because Ina Garden does everything. She does the tablecloth. She does all the things. She's got like she. She yeah. has like her amazing gay friends over. Oh yeah. She does all these perfect. Wait, dishes. what's her? What's her husband's name? Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Oh. Who she hasn't had sex with since the seventies. <laughs> oh my god. So she's got like this whole thing going there. This is like precision. <laughs> she's a nerd. Yeah, Elle was just like this woman's Israeli. Like she was in the army. This is not perfect tablecloth. This is just like what's in the kitchen. What's in the fridge? I'm going to make some badass food. I'm going to give you an example. Can you give me an example? Okay. Give me an example. I still use this recipe to this day. Okay. People give me shit about it when I put it on the menu. And they're like, really? You're going to put that on the menu? Another person we're going to have on this show as a guest, the burglar. Oh, yes. We'll fill in her legal name later. <laughs> but I had the burglar in. And for every year for a birthday gift... I cook for her and she has friends over. On the menu, I put this item on, not as an homage to Yael, but just a badass dish. Yeah. So she's like, really? You're going to put that on? I'm like, burglar, trust me, this shit's going to blow your mind. 
So here's the dish. It's an omelet cooked in olive oil, which I know for a lot of people, like you just already fell on the ground. So get out the smelling salts, come back to earth. We're here. Okay. Pan, oil, red onions, caramelize, no sugar, just caramelize those babies. Apples, you slice thin, those babies are starting to break down. You got your omelet, still a little soft inside, mm -hmm. slide those onions and apples in. Right now, that's Penny Lover, that's Lionel Richie, and your omelet. You're going to crumble up a little goat cheese, flat that top on top, serve it on the plate. Simplest thing you've ever had. A little bit of Himalayan salt if you want to mm, get fancy. Bust, delicious. Bust out that pinky. I'm telling you, it sounds insane. People are like, boring. Nope. That, my friends, is heaven in your mouth. Babe, have you had that omelet? Yes I or no? Have. Yes or no? Yes or no? Yes. Is it amazing? It's amazing. Okay, I think we're done talking about omelets. Case amazing. closed. Case amazing. closed. Okay. Case closed. Okay, go on. Sounds good. All right, so um, it sounds like Carmel was really instrumental in building your, you know, childhood and the experiences that you had. Well, but I also, also want to say the good life, right, going back there is like coming from the city – you're in the grind. Yeah. You go to Carmel, you drive in the 17 mile, you're just drowning in beauty. And you're mm -hmm. also drowning in a slower life. Yeah. You're drowning true. in people carving out moments of their day to appreciate either the aesthetic, mm -hmm. driving the 17 mile. Mm -hmm. I always have to go into golf in this podcast. I'm sorry. It's just like. <laughs> wow. That, that didn't take long. Didn't take long at all. It's like the sun coming out. Yeah. Okay. The course is there. Even if you hate golf, fuck, you could shoot 190. I mean, it's amazing. Which means nothing to me. I don't know. Okay, what so even par means. par basically means you got. I mean, we won't get into the details. What's a good sh What's a good score and what's a shitty score? Okay, if you're a pro golfer, yeah. most courses. I'm gonna go general here, so all yeah. you golf nerds out Just, there, yeah. don't flood the board with this. Most courses are 72. Okay, okay? that's par. Okay. That's par. That's par. If you're is that like is that like batting? What's what's batting? Fuck, you're getting par. If you're a scratch golfer, I'll put it this way. No, if, not if you're a scratch golfer. We're talking about professionals. Professionals like Tiger Woods. Shoot, what, what's Tiger Woods shoot? Babe, Tiger Woods is below scratch. He's below par. So he's below par. Got he's it. Below par. Okay, great. So he's below seventy. Can we go like the average schmo? Can we go with the average schmo? I think this would be better. Fine. Most golfers in this country. Yeah. And you could Google this later. <laughs> I would say for every person that plays golf in this country, maybe 15% are bogey golfers. That's one over par. That means they're shooting 90. 15%. Okay. Okay, so I could go on yeah. this topic forever. Yeah. This is like, Honestly, no, 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 Japanese, Chinese, I, I'm, okay. I'm lost. I'm speaking golf and it's awesome. Okay, go on. What were you trying okay. to say? So basically. No, so basically, okay, so. So so there's I'm, beauty. There's aesthetic. Right. There's art over there. You go into Carmel. There's art shops everywhere. There's little cafes. It's a slower life. No, so, so what I so was going to say. So I learned that as a kid. Yeah. You don't run, you walk. Got it. You appreciate the meal. Got you it. You look around. You go into the storefront. I, my mom, I can remember this as a kid. My mom would say, you know who that artist is? I mean, did I want to know what that artist is? <laughs> Fuck no, I don't. I wanted to know what was lunch. 
Right. But as I mean, I see now as a parent, like I'm peppering my kids. I'm like, do you know what that is? You know, Aton's like, do you know what's in Fortnite? I'm like, no, exactly. But and I don't want but, to know. But 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 my fingers up in the air. But that soaks in. Yeah. So that soaked in, coupled with going back to Beverly Hills, and when my parents left Carmel. Mm-hmm. They had to leave because the real estate and everything else, you know. So now you're segueing into my next question. Which okay. I'm going to pause gonna, you. I'm going to ease back. I'm, I'm going to pause you for a second because okay, my next up. question is. I'm going to have some wine. I know that you grew what up in Beverly Hills. Is this called Frost or Frost? Foss. I'm looking up. I don't believe that. Mm, I think it is. Um, you grew up in Beverly Hills. I did. That's a true fact. Right. And I know that by the time your parents moved to Beverly Hills, you guys didn't have a lot of money. So no. I wanted, you know, what was that you like ready Grow- for a crazy story? growing up crazy in Beverly Hills you without ready for a crazy story? money? When we lived in Carmel, true story. I hate when yeah. people say this, but I just feel like I want to give a little exclamation point on this. Got it. When we lived in Pebble Beach, each kid yeah, I'm listening. had a, are you looking up the, how to pronounce that wine? No. You should. Uh, each kid had a Jaguar. I mean, that could also be a sign for poor money management by my parents. <laughs> so, that's another episode. But each kid had a Jaguar. My parents literally lived at Pebble Beach Lodge. And they were rolling hard. Right. I mean, their okay. best friend, for example, was a jeweler. Okay. Fast forward, shit went sideways. Life happens. Yeah. Downsized, not tremendous, but enough where they had to you move. still moved to Beverly Hills. Still moved to Beverly Hills. I mean, we didn't move to like, you know. Chino Hills. Chino. Diamond Bar. Which is probably a nice area for whoever's living in Chino Hills. It, but that's a big contrast from Pebble Beach. There, there are so amazing parts. Moved, but we moved to Beverly Hills. We were not in North Beverly Hills. We're not in one of those TVs. Like, you wouldn't see our house in now 210. You know, with, it wasn't. In the TV show. Sure, sure, sure. It was like a nice, nice house. Got it. Okay? Mm-hmm. We got it? We're good? I got it. I got it. I got the picture. But! Yeah. My friends that I went to school with. Yes. The majority who I hung out with. Mm-hmm. Were rolling hard and deep. Yeah. Okay? So that was a bit of adjustment. Mm-hmm. And fast forward. I'm going to give a little family history here. Fast forward. I don't even know what it was. I think I was like, honestly, I think eight or nine. I blocked it out. I mean, we could have my therapist in here. And totally. He, he could totally. talk about the block, the he, block out. He could. So somewhere between eight, fuck, was it eight or 11? I don't know. Eight or 11, my parents got divorced. Okay. Got it. This is important. So I'm going to take a little time on this. Okay. I'm at the YMCA. <laughs> Great place for kids. The best place. My mom picks me up. With literally, it's out of a movie. Oh my god! All our shit in the car. Oh my god! I'm not joking. Oh my god! And it wasn't a hot car either. <laughs> it was probably like a station wagon. It, no, no, it was no Lincoln was, Continental. It, no, no, that's when she was really excited. That's when she. <laughs> that's when she was like feeling good. Like, oh, okay. those St. John outfits were out parading around Beverly Hills. <laughs> okay, okay. No, it was like a Chrysler piece of shit. Whatever. So my mom picks me up. She oh she she listens to this. She's gonna punch me. <laughs> She's gonna punch. She's gonna bitch slap me. Okay. I have to do a funny side story. We never, <laughs> never block your parents. 
when you're oh, a kid when they hit you <laughs> because my mom i we just saw avengers she turned into the hulk she went from bruce banner to a badass green monster <laughs> oh, that would God. beat the shit out of me <laughs> why you blocked me i would kick your ass my best is when she, my favorite is when she would take her shoe off and start smacking. Oh, that would happen too. And then the best oh, ever. I mean, I was raised by a single mom. My dad was literally like a paint, like a photo on a wall, <laughs> completely non-existent. He might have been. Oh he God. might as well just been like a sperm donor. Kind of. So my okay. mom was literally like, yeah, the mafia meets Ina Garden. We'll go back to oh her. Oh my God. So, yeah, I remember blocking my mom. She would turn into the Hulk. I had to, I had to show that story. It was incredible Okay, story. so your mom picks you up at the YMCA. And load, loaded with all our shit. Like, oh all my. our shit. And you know what the best is when she pulled up? She's like, hey, sweetie. Um, we're going to go to Aunt Lizzie's house. I'm like, hi, Shell. You know, my sister's Mich Michelle. Hi, hey, Michelle. She's like, hey, Lou. Everyone called me Lou. That's a separate separate story. That's, yeah. Separate topic. She's oh, like, we're yeah. going to go live at Aunt Lizzie's house, and, um, okay. I was like, awesome, let's go. Like, I didn't give a fuck. I, never even, <laughs> I mean, all I cared about, to be honest, was Jimmy. Okay. I mean, my mom and my sister and, and my brothers, but, oh, like, right. I loved Jimmy. I'm like, right. uh, Mom, is Jimmy going to be at Aunt Lizzie's house? <laughs> She's like, yes, Louie, that's our brother. <laughs> I'm like, okay, but literally all our shit was there. We come in. And we're oh living God. in this house. Okay, so divorce, Beverly Hills. Okay, got it. So you're now... Now we're, now we're even more broke. <laughs> now because, you're poor. I mean, my dad did make some money. My mom right. was more the breadwinner. But I mean, like, right. what, if you make 10 bucks and now no, you don't but, have 10 bucks. But I think historically, any anyone who goes through a divorce, anyway... Shit gets messy. Totally. So now we're living in my aunt's house, Yeah. which was amazing. And then that also taught me the good life because my... No one... I mean... My friends know this, but obviously the world doesn't know this. But my mom grew up bitch poor. Like your mom and her siblings. Crazy how many, poor. How many siblings? Paint the picture. Your mom has how many siblings? A hundred. Okay. Your mom is the oldest. Of a of thousand. Six. Seven. Seven. Seven, actually. Actually, eight. I think one died well, at childbirth. What yeah. So one passed away. As you can tell, I'm not very good at math. Yeah. <laughs> um and your mom's the oldest. And her parents were were teenagers when they had her. Right. So my grandmother sadly died at a very young age. And my mom's name, nickname, just to kind of give you some insight, from her siblings is Momo. Yeah. Which is basically mom. Because I mean, she raised them. Right. So that, I mean, I tease my mom for being uptight, but I think she kind of had a tough childhood. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit. So, so how poor were they growing up? Fuck, they were so poor. I mean, I would hear crazy stories. I mean, you've heard stories. I've, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go with two of, like, Dave Letterman's top tens. Okay. Here are my two. Okay. And it was really hard to complain at a house when your mom grew up this poor, because I would complain about shit. She's like, <laughs> I lived in a condemned, burnt house. Can you hear that, people? They lived in a fucking burnt house. Yep. That is truth. Yeah. They lived in Salinas or some fucking place up there. And they, they went were to they, Los Gatos some, or somewhere up north. <laughs> they went to a movie. This is crazy. This is true. You you might want to start drinking my wine. I, they I went will. to a movie and 
It was one of these movies, and I love when my mom always does this. When we went to a movie, it was five cents for the entry and 25 cents for a popcorn. And no, and they couldn't afford the popcorn, so they would. Oh, yes, this is the best. <laughs> this is the best. This is the they best. Would collect the popcorn bucket, and each one of the kids would sprawl out. This is like, what's that show? The Little Rascals? No, what? no, Shameless. This is literally like Shameless. Babe, they would go on. scatter in the movie theater and pick up. All of whatever people had dropped in the movie theater, they would put that into the buckets and they would sit there and eat other people. I can say this, you know, most people would be like, that is so sad. That is terrible. Yeah. They didn't give a shit. They, <laughs> they were so they, happy. Yeah. You know what they were thinking? Movie free. free! <laughs> and I will say this, my mom's family. If anyone knows how to live the good life, they do because it's about perspective. Totally. And so I, we're going to get sidetracked. So basically, they're in the movie. As you can tell, I have ADD. They're in the movie. Um, somehow, one of the 3,000 family members, the not eight kids or seven kids. Well, there were six hears, at the time because the seven comes later. that there was a fire truck coming. Yeah. And they're like, oh, what well, sucks. And I don't know what prompted kind of prompted them to leave, but fast forward the rundown, it's their house. That shit's burnt down. Yeah. They were so poor. And my mom's, obviously this is her uh, rendition of it, and my aunt has something similar to it, which is the house was burnt, everything was gone, and they were terrified that they would be ripped apart. Yeah, that that CPS Child Protective Services was going to come and so long story take them short, and break them apart. Yeah, which is crazy. Yeah, they lived legit in a burnt ass house. Yeah, and they had to hide from them. A second crazy story: they is, would shower at school. No, no, this is the best. So, I guess part of the house was burnt. I mean, not burnt to a crisp, people. They no, were, but part of it wasn't like an ash box. Like you know, the inside was it was. But charred. I think a wall was missing. It was a wall was missing. It was charred, but they got some money through donations or whatever. My mom well, gets to the Goodwill. The, yeah, till this day, the Goodwill but, but, was. But this them. this is true. So they yeah. could live in the house, but they didn't have a toilet. And I heard <laughs> oh, this yeah. story from my uncle Jimmy. <laughs> And Jimmy, my uncle Johnny, my aunt, and my mom. And as a kid growing up, I always would call bullshit on stories because everyone loves to embellish. Oh, and Jonathan would literally get on the phone and fact check the stories. I'm literally right now Walter Cronkite. So I'm in there with my mic. As you can tell, I feel very comfortable on the mic. <laughs> I was on the mic and I'd be like, Jimmy, okay, tell me, 1963... <laughs> You're outside. Did this really happen? Take your time. Consult your lawyer. How do you feel? And they would all say the same thing. They true story. So here's thing, right? true story. Okay. They had no toilet, people. <laughs> Fucking crazy. Here's, yeah. here's what happens. Anyone can go pee-pee anywhere. Nobody sees it. They had a friend over. Liz had a friend over. And Liz, by the way, this is going to sound very creepy. Liz was good looking. Can you admit it? She was Not hot. creepy. It's creepy because I'm like, was... I'm her nephew. Liz right. was hot. Hot. Liz was Gorgeous. Hot. Actress. And hot. she dated the football players, the t the cool kids, the good looking Why dudes. Why she even brought them over? Because <laughs> that's Liz. These, no, this is what I'm saying, living the right. good life. 
Right. These people were not ashamed. Right. They were That's just true. like, this is our place. You right. make of it what you will. Right. And they had what I like to teach my kids, and then my wife has this, which is amazing. I feel like I have a couple sprinkled dust of this. <laughs> they have confidence. <laughs> and what I like to tell my kids all the time, they have quiet confidence. And what I mean by confidence is they weren't like, um, is my house really nice? Do you think it's amazing? They're just like, here's my house. Let's hang out. Exactly. They're like, uh, Liz, this is a, I don't know if this is a, a smoke out. Are you guys doing bacon over here? No, but what was, get to the story. So, so the what, friend I is got, over. <laughs> so she had confidence. One of them made the mistake of going to the backyard. <laughs> and they thought it was a prank. Because there was white paper all over the backyard. You might ask yourself, what's that white paper for? That white paper's for your boo-boo. When you make a poo-poo, you got to wipe. Oh, and see, they, I heard, I heard they a they different had, story. They, had, they, had, they pooped outside. <laughs> and I think Jimmy or someone said they had a dog that was shitting Charmin. Which That's is amazing. The story I heard. Which is fucking amazing. Yeah, the neighbor dog, uh, Max, he has him. He he likes paper, which is interesting. And when he goes poo poo, it comes out like Charmin. Yes, people, that's what happened. Real story. Okay, next question. Next question. That's a That's a fact. That's a fact. Oh my god. Okay. So um wow. Okay. Just reeling it back in. Um all right, so I want to switch gears now um, to something a little bit more serious, but right. but that's your your dyslexia. Okay, it's serious. Yeah, no, it's very serious. But you know, I I want to understand because I'm a teacher. You know, mm-hmm. I'm in education. I understand how um, learning disabilities can play out on people over time. Can you go into how how you think that shaped you and formed who you are as a person today? <clears throat> and how that helped you live the good life? Because I think, so, I mean, I think it did, but I just, you know. I was in what they call special ed, basically from kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And what I always heard my whole life was, this kid has a lot of, which I think is the worst word, <laughs> Potential. Okay. And I would do really well in some areas, like off the charts. In other areas, was horrible. So spelling, out. Out. Out the door. Like my daughter, who is 18 months, can spell better than I can. Um, so then I started getting tested for different things. So what they found out was that I have dyslexia. I can't phonetically, I can sound outwards, like do the phonetics, but my brain can't put it together. Right. Until this day, the only way you even read today everything is you've memorized read, every single everything word. Everything I read is sight reading. Mm-hmm. So if I don't read a lot, then I don't know words. So like when we read this label, Faust or Frost or Foster Freeze, right. whatever this is, right. someone will say it. Yeah. It's almost like a photographic memory. It's like a photographic Audio recorder. I'll remember it. But I'll look at right. the word. I'm like, oh, there you go. It was devastating as a kid because 
Not that I was Stephen Hawking's, but right. I felt like I was a smart guy. Um, but when it came to remedial things, writing was devastating. I mean, I was below. I was a drooler. Like, uh, I mean, someone that was brain dead was doing better essays than I was. Right. And that was horrible. Right. And I'm a out of my mom's vagina. I came with confidence. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. to have this Achilles heel which was right. dyslexia, was devastating, never did well in school. It, and I would say I'm 39 now. I have incredible skin. And I look like I'm 16. And um, <laughs> I still deal with it, and I manage it. Yeah. I manage it. So here's the deal. In a nutshell, can't I read by sight reading. I used to write backwards horribly mm-hmm. used to read backwards um i have an incredible memory oh incredible like i just to go on a side note here i mean if you want to talk about the good stuff babe <laughs> go right ahead no it's something that's pretty crazy because i i just know this that your other senses heighten when you have yeah i mean i wouldn't say like i'm a future x-men character but no but you no but you were accused no when you were in college we were in college you were accused of plagiarizing in a like it was a test like a sit you know in class um an in-class essay or something that you had to talk you had to like answer questions or something and you almost not verbatim, but you were you in my class with me. I wasn't, but we but, we we took school together. It was very hot and spicy. We took a weather <clears throat> class. We did. Well, that was where like the romance Alexis began. Alexis was but, my clueless nimbus. <clears throat> oh my god! No, but you. Yeah. I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the professor was you know accusing you of plagiarizing, but it was you just walked in with the blue book and your brain, and there was no way you could have you know cheated, but it just was. So the way that I I look at it is, I basically said to myself, I I used my my parents, my my parents, I used my mom's childhood, really my my uncle, who was basically my father figure, as my benchmark, um... Because he had a he had a real spicy life. This man was well. He he was but, gay, but he was gay. He was a heroin addict. But right, and every, growing up in the everything in the 50s I learned, and 60s, every, being gay was you just couldn't. But you everything couldn't I learned was you have adversity in life. Whether you're learning living in a burnt house, or whether you're gay in the sixties, or whether you're whatever that it is. In life, dyslexic, dyslexic. In life, you're you're dealt <clears throat> right. a bad hand, right? And everyone is, and everyone complains, and this is what really upsets me. Everyone complains that their magical hand, their Houdini hand, is the worst hand, right? And I'm fucking over it. It's right. like, yes, I'm dyslexic. Yes, I was a D on a good day, <laughs> C plus student. Certain things I was better, and a lot of people thought I was dumb, and I had to deal with that. Right. And I used it as a way of saying, okay, books are not academic books I'm not going to excel at. Right. But what I was really good at was having a strong sense of self and 
where I where I've learned to appreciate life to its fullest is I really learned how to get to know people. And I really got to learn how to appreciate other people's struggles and how other people looked at adversity. That became my quote unquote college. So everything I do in life, I take it with a big glass of humility. And that's what helps me appreciate everything because I know what struggle is. I deal with it every single day. I also am struggling with anxiety. So I come with a big piece of humble pie, and that's how anxiety shaped me. I will also say this. Yeah, we didn't even get into that. I mean, that's no, like no. its own thing. But I will but... also say this, and I think we should just kind of <clears> – this is a prime example of my family to wrap this in a bow of how I learned how to live the good life. Yeah. <clears throat> this is a great story. Okay. And I think we should end with this story. We're going to end with this story because okay. this is a great story, and I feel like this ties in – how we deal with adversity, how you can laugh at serious shit. Okay. And um, Aunt Jimmy's is awesome. <laughs> so I we were dyslexia. My uncle was basically my nanny, Liberace, <laughs> cheerleader, entertainer. He would pick me up from school. Right. And I was a popular kid, not to brag, but I was a jock. I came with heart. I you was excelled little, in sports. I excelled in sports. I excelled right. in high fives. I loved the ladies. Basically, since you, I was, I think I got expelled for asking a girl to pull her pants down in kindergarten. Like, makes sense. My mission in life, in school, since academics really wasn't my road to Harvard, was the ladies and sports. So, my uncle comes to pick me up. I have a certain reputation as being the lady man and the LeBron James, not really. More of like <laughs> Vlade Divac of the basketball court. Vlade Divac. So, my uncle picks me up in a 1984 Honda Civic. Literally oh, every boy. color except the color that it was originally manufactured in. <laughs> and he's screaming, and I'm quoting, Hey, babe! It's me, come on, Louie! And my friends were like, what is going on here? And I didn't care. I was above the frame like, oh, that? Oh, that's my uh, that's my Uncle Jimmy. He's awesome. Gotta go, guys. Bye. <laughs> and we would drive to the valley. Now, you would think we would drive to the valleys. I'm the passenger. No, 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 no. This man would make everything a moment. Because that's how they grew up. Right. They lived in a burnt-ass house. Right. So he was like, okay, if I'm driving this kid to the valley, which I know I'm making it sound like we're driving to China, but it was like <laughs> 25 minutes. He's like, I'm going to get some entertainment out of this. He would say, Lou, you're going to do – you're going to you know, shift the car. It was a stick shift for all of you that don't know what that is. It's, it did manually shift the gears. Right. It wasn't paddles. It wasn't a Formula One racer. Uh, and I would shift the gears and we would literally be going through Beverly Hills over the canyons. And this thing was, I mean, oh my God, it was like, 
sparks going everywhere, grinding it. I was like, and he's like, he's like, that's great, you're really getting it. I'm like, Jimmy, the car's not gonna make it. He's like, it's fine, babe, it's fine. If we make it, what an adventure! We literally get there. I do the therapy. I feel like an idiot. We get back in the car. He's like. I think I'll drive home. <laughs> and we would go home, and it was always tradition. We okay. would go to Thrifties. Oh, okay. Which is now Walgreens for those of you who NBA for rolling. Don't know. We're rolling in this duct tape tricolor <laughs> 1984 chick magnet, and he would play this game where he was obsessed, and I mean obsessed with hard ice cream. And I don't mean hard. I mean like granite. Like, and he would go ape shit if it wasn't. Now, as I was a young kid, eight, nine, or whatever it was, right? I was amazed how he always un- ended up with a soft ice cream. Oh, really? Now, clearly, this man knew what he was doing. Genius. And I would go there and like, I look at. Uh, uh, Rainbow Sherman and Cookies and Cream, which was my favorite. And I always got the same thing. Of course. And Jimmy, miraculously, would always get a different thing. Now, I was so into eating, I wasn't thinking like, huh, that's strange. He's getting like mint chip, cherry, rocky road. And it would be so- – like I could tell it was soft. I knew the man was like psychotic for heart. Right. We'd be in the car and he would look and go, oh, this is horrible. What did they do? He's like, oh, Louis, I can't eat this. I can't eat it. And he literally was like a scene out of Gone with the Wind. You know, it's like this is insanity and it's awesome. I was like, Jimmy, I want to get to your soft ice cream problem, but I haven't gotten through the rainbow sherbet yet. So if you could just put that on hold – I will get to your problems. He's like, who, who are we going to hit? I'm like, excuse me? <laughs> He's like, Louie, I can't eat this. I'm going to have to hit someone. I'm like, I'm young. Obviously, I would not recommend any parent to do this. It's pretty awesome. He's like, who are we going to hit? I'm like, with the ice cream? I don't know anybody. <laughs> He's like, okay, let's do it. And he, I'm not joking, would throw the ice cream at oh someone. Oh, my God. And he would think he was going to outrun them in this 85 oh horsepower car, screaming like Linda Blair, head spinning. <coughs> and that was oh my God. me going to eye therapy. So in his own way, yeah, he took a shitty part of my day right. and made it truly awesome. Wow. And that... Was another chapter in how I learned how how I live and learned how to live the good life. That's wow. Let's wrap that baby up. That's amazing. I love that. All right, everyone. See you later. See you next time. I really recommend everyone getting this one. I think that you guys it could tra- it could change your life. <laughs> <laughs>